Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And one of those things that you have to do when you run an independent record label is manage your royalties. What does that mean? Well, it means finding out all of the income sources that your record label gets, all of the revenue that comes in for your streams and your album sales and everything in between, sync licensing, publishing, all that stuff, compiling it all together and then figuring out who is owed what and then how am I going to pay those people. Now, I know if you're listening to this at the start of the year, you're like, Scott, please stop stressing me out. I am still hungover from the holidays and I don't want to think about my royalties, but this is the time that we should be thinking about royalties. And so today's industry insider episode is with my dear friend Hunter from Infinite Catalog. If you don't know Infinite Catalog, they are one of many, there are many solutions to solving your record label royalty management problems, but they're probably our favorite because they're the favorite of everyone in our community. There's so many people in our community who use Infinite Catalog. So many of the record labels we've had featured on the show use Infinite Catalog to solve their royalty uh, problems. And so you got to go and check them out. They're also the sponsor of today's episode and this whole month as we're focusing on just kind of getting in shape getting your record label in shape and making some good decisions, setting some goals and creating some uh, action steps that aren't too intimidating or scary for us. So if you want to learn more about Infinite Catalog, you can go to infinitecatalog.com. There's a special discount just for our folks and you can learn more about that by going to infinitecatalog.com slash other record labels. Um. I want you to tell I want you to tell our audience your background again because it's really I I like it a lot um, because I always in this job when I interview record labels I love hearing record label owners backgrounds and like they're kind of their unique or their unfair advantage like their unique passion within the broad scope of running a record label so can you tell us like this like interesting like accounting record label marriage I know you told us before but I want to hear it again. Yeah, totally. I mean, software companies are obsessed with like trying to find this unfair advantage, <clears throat> which always uh, drove me crazy as like <laughs> language to be using. But, um, but in our particular case, it, it's just a case of like we needed this product. We really needed yeah. this at our label. I ran this record label called Infinite Best for many years in New York, and uh, signed a lot of great bands and, and had some records and just right when streaming came uh, around and, and took off in 2010 and suddenly my like spreadsheets that I was using to get royalties done uh, were not working anymore. They were literally breaking, couldn't handle the streams. Um, and meanwhile, I had this artist on my, on my label, uh, this band called Mr. Twin Sister and, and the keyboard player in the band, uh, one of the songwriters, this guy, Dev Gupta, who's an incredible software developer programmer in his sort of day job. Um, you know, I just wanted a way to uh, get royalties done in a, a proper software and make it transparent so that the artist could see everything I could see once it was, has been published to them. Like, like I just wanted a way to uh, do it where it's like, I'm not being, I'm not shady. I'm not uh, trying to like scam anyone or take anyone's money here. I just want to show you everything. And it's really, really hard to do that in spreadsheets. Um, and we 
looked around for like what software existed. We were kind of shocked at the state of the the market. Uh, everything's super expensive, built for major labels, like built for massive companies with with complicated royalty sure. old deals, and nothing for profit share, nothing for small like to mid sized labels like ours, and um, and yeah, it just seemed like a real opportunity. Uh, so we. Uh, eventually like four years later started started infinite catalog as like the software after i'd been doing royalties on the side for other record labels mm -hmm. no pun intended no and problem. uh and um and and yeah i had a bunch of clients from day one for that reason so we sort of built it for them as much as us which was great because it was like a few different use cases and mm. and i mean it was built the the whole the, the long story short is uh, a record label and an artist got together to build a royalty accounting platform that worked for both of them, worked for the record label side and worked for the artist side because, you know, everyone gets into this business to to try to help artists. That's and, right. And that's right. We just felt like this was another way that we could do that. I, yeah, I didn't, didn't realize this the first time um, when we, I was talking, our stories are so similar. It's so cool because um, your record label name was infinite best. And then the, the, company you started is called infinite catalog and you were scratching your own itch and just to make it about me for a second like when I, my record label was other songs and i was i hit a wall and i thought maybe i'll phone up some of these labels that i admire and see if they'll give me advice hence how the podcast got started and i called it other record labels off of my own record label other songs and so we have a little bit of a connection there but there's something so cool about scratching your own itch and the fact that it's like I want to be transparent. I want something that's super simple. I remember when I'm putting together my spreadsheets and it's like, I just want the artists to see I'm doing this. Like, yes, the money is low or zero or negative, but like, I want them to know that like, these are the real numbers. Like, like I'm not fudging anything here. Like I wish they could be right here with me. They're welcome to be right here with me. <laughs> so anyway, Right, exactly. And and I feel like that is the case for, you know, 98% of record labels out there. Like, I know very often there is a sort of bad rap between, like, sort of record labels and artists and, and finances and stuff. But honestly, I, I, I cannot tell you how much I've seen that that is just a, a function of uh, misaligned transparency in in terms of like the record label is not doing anything weird but it feels weird to the artist because it's 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 so hard to be transparent when there's this much information this much data it is royalty accounting is complicated even simple 50 50 deals uh, uh can be complicated when you consider how many different income sources there are and you know when expenses uh are, are hitting and and um yeah it's it, it's just a complicated thing and if you have the right tool uh, to do it, it makes it much simpler and at the same time more transparent, uh, so that everyone can go back to doing the thing that they want to do, which is like releasing music and and spreading the good word about artists that you care about. And is it not true that artists are defensive, like they're predisposed to be defensive about this, or or um, scared because of of you know the record labels from the eighties and nineties, and then the and then um, just you know how low the streaming numbers are. Um, that I just feel like artists come in here uh, really scared of being taken advantage of because they probably are from from a lot of the big big bigger companies. Yeah, I mean, 
I definitely agree with that. I, I would I would slightly push back on that they're being taken advantage of. I would say that it's a big old mess and like yeah, no one really sure. knows what they're doing yeah. uh, in, in, in a sad way. No offense yeah. to everyone out there, but uh, but very often the royalty accounting team is like one person in the corner using a very uh, antiquated piece of software or doing it in spreadsheets. And there's no connection to the rest of the label uh, there's no ability to sort of inquire about their process or or uh, have them check to make sure like, oh, we added a new distributor, uh, you know, make sure to tell the royalty accounting guy because those checks are coming in. But like often finance and, and royalty accounting aren't. That's a good point. Yeah. Directly. Like it, they're, they're two separate processes. That's that's another big thing is that royalty accounting and like regular business accounting, no matter what kind of business you're running they're they're separate things and uh they have to be treated separately and and tackled separately even though they do overlap right uh, right and very often people are trying to sort of cram royalties into their bookkeeping or skip bookkeeping and do royalty accounting which you can do actually i mean i barely do bookkeeping but i think we talked we touched on that a little bit because that is a little bit of a confusing part there are some overlaps and then there's some yeah i understand that i want to ask you before we dig into the meat and potatoes of today's chat about royalties i wonder i want to know if i can ask you to to um define uh, royalty accounting, define royalties, royalty accounting, this whole thing. Give us an elevator pitch, or maybe um, my son doesn't want to take the elevator lately. He's a bit scared of it, so we've been taking the stairs. So give me a stairs, two flights of stairs pitch. What is royalty accounting? So the the, the it's a it's a great question. The simplest version that I can I can think of, and I actually have it written down here, is, uh, <laughs> is the process of combining catalog income expenses advances and contract terms into statements and payments wow wow that's very nice that's very like a x plus y equals z that's very easy to understand yeah. yeah exactly and to sort of expand on that a little bit like you know you're you're running your record label you sign a band you know maybe you give them an advance so that's the first transaction uh then you start paying for studio time or or you know uh getting the music ready to to be released and those are expenses and those are more transactions that you need to keep track of uh then you release it and suddenly there's in income flowing in mm. and you need to keep track of all the income and then combine it with those expenses and that advance and then also consider the contract terms because if it's a 50-50 deal, you're going to split it up a different way than if it's a, an old school royalty-based deal where it's like, you know, $2 a record or, or whatever. And um, now, and, yeah, and then get statements and payouts out of that. I love it. It's so simple to understand. Now, I royalty accounting, correct me if I'm wrong, royalty accounting is super easy. I've, I've just been in a coma for the past 30 years. And so I know that the <laughs> only income source that a record label gets is... $20 CDs from from right, tra right. traditional brick and mortar record stores. Is that still the case? Um, I hate to inform. <laughs> uh, Tell me my uh, CD my collection stage. is worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if you've got them stored in a hyperbaric chamber, then, then perhaps. <laughs> but, um, but no, the, the big change, I mean, the, the reason why Infinite Catalog didn't need to exist necessarily 20 years ago and very much needs to exist now is because of the explosion of different ways to earn income from music, uh, which 
uh, sounds like a line uh, to sell you like distribution services or something, but yeah. uh, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to count all the money. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's literally just okay. There's the streams. There's still downloads. There's still CD sales. There's definitely vinyl, um, and there's syncs and and you know licensing and for samples and and in in you know uh, movies and TV shows and and now you can you know get paid directly from. Things like uh, TikTok sound on and and right. um, when people are using your content in like UGC stuff, there's just tons and tons of stuff to keep track of yeah. where you never just have like, okay, this is my one income source. This is my one distributor. And all I got to do is split up this one, you know, source. Yeah. Uh, that, that's literally never true. It doesn't matter how small you are, because if even if you're just doing a distro kid release, and you have a Bandcamp, or even forget the Bandcamp. If, if you're doing it like through one distributor, you still have expenses, you still have advances. You're you're not just splitting up income in a vacuum. Like, and in fact, we have a an article on our blog about like splits tools are like so close yet so far, where yeah. the distributors often have these like, oh, you can split up the money right from DistroKid. And that's great if you have no expenses and no advances and you're not trying to uh, like be a real business that invests in things and then recoups that investment yeah, and yeah, then pay it, it on net. Yeah. Uh, and it actually, they actually end up getting you in more trouble than if you did nothing. Because 100%. if you do nothing, you can at least then do a big chunk of royalty accounting in one shot. Right. If you've paid people already, you've already... The money's gone. Yeah, yeah so, that's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's just, it's gotten a lot harder. And, yeah. and in the number of sources and just in the data, like even if you were just talking about streaming, like every stream is a transaction and every transaction needs to be in the royalty accounting, uh, which sounds kind of daunting, you know, but it, it, well, it doesn't have to be. And I mean, it's, it's, it sounds daunting, but it's also one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur and being an artist in today's economy is that back when we were kids, if you didn't have a CD in the in the in the mall record store, then you didn't make money as an artist. Like, period. Now there are all these revenue sources, so there are ways. And yes, the revenue sources are often very little, but having a thousand revenue sources, and that's not like maybe it's a little exagger uh, exaggerating, but it's, not, it's it certainly can be more than a hundred. Um, to have all of these bringing us in just a few dollars actually does add up. It definitely adds up. I mean, the music industry cracked forty billion in yeah, that's right. twenty right. two. Mm. The the most recent year that yeah, they yeah. report, which is the biggest number it's ever been. Yeah. Um, so the money is there. Obviously, it's getting sliced into smaller and smaller slices, and um, um, we're very aware of that. But like, uh, there there's plenty of money out there. I mean, Spotify does generate a ton of revenue for a ton of people, and um. Yeah, if, if you can, you know, regularly generate that revenue and then pay the people who you who are responsible for it or, or you know, uh, alongside yourself are responsible for it, the artists that you're releasing on your record label, then you can keep doing more of it and and keep, you know, moving forward and, and adding to, to your catalog. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, let's, let's look at, um, for our listeners, here's what we're going to do just to make this a little bit uh, easy for you to chew on. Um, we're going to look at this scenario of record labels that don't currently have a solution for managing their royalties, which would be anybody who's getting started or thinking about getting started, or 
you're probably listening to this like sheepishly hiding in your hoodie knowing that you're like still using the back of an of a napkin and so let's look at the four reasons um why not having a accounting solution or a process or a system in place um is bad for you and is bad for your artists and your creativity uh, and your record label uh so let's 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 talk about this first one here you're wasting time and money either on an outdated process or outdated tools but the wasting time thing is the one that resonates with me the most because and i i don't know if you you talk about this but um because i know i'm going to waste time i would procrastinate on it because i thought i have to open up all of these revenue sources i have to go and remember when was the last time i exported that data i'm just going to export all the data from the past seven years and just hopefully get it right and then i got to open these forms and and then i would just end up procrastinating on it um either way i was wasting a lot of time you want to speak to that yeah definitely i mean we've identified that uh our our number one like enemy is uh is is procrastination but but you're right to point to the source of that as being like the co the complicated nature of the process it is a chore it is a thing that you don't you didn't sign up to that's right do necessarily but you have to do to keep going um you obviously have to pay your artists so um yeah i i would say that not have it it really well well said like the 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 procrastination part of it is such a huge uh, thing that you can overcome uh, or, or rather that's holding you back if you're not, if you haven't like put the effort in to sort out your process and make it repeatable and make it something that you, you know exactly what you're going to do when you open up that, that, you know, part of your brain and, and dig into doing it every quarter or every six months or however often you do it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's before even getting into the idea that, you know, opening up 50 spreadsheets and then trying to copy paste stuff from one to the other, which is how I did it for many years, how tons and tons of people do it out there. Uh, and, and there's no shame in that, but it's not a system and it's not really a repeatable process. You know, formats change, templates get lost, templates need to be updated. Like, uh, it, it just becomes, uh, it becomes a bigger challenge because you're making it more complex than it needs to be by not like doing the groundwork in the beginning. Um, and spreadsheets are, are so amazing, but they're not databases. And if you're doing things in spreadsheets, like it, it, it just, it becomes hard to see the, the, the big picture and the, the changing balance over time. And you as the person putting those spreadsheets together, like if you know that you're getting further and further away from like the 100% true every penny accounted for in exactly the right way, like every currency conversion done exactly to the right decimal point, like the further and further away you get from that, the more you're going to procrastinate because you're like, oh, I got to do that chore that I don't want to do and then I'm going to do wrong. Or I'm gonna do in a in a in a you know, way. That, you're absolutely right. And and yeah. it's it's actually how people get into serious money issues, not just record label owners, but is when it's like, okay, now when you add the interest, now you add the shame, now when you add the all of this on top, I'd rather just, you know, forget that it ever, you know. Uh so talk to me then about stressing about 
um, how much you owe. That's the big thing. And we talk about this. It's not my quote, somebody else's, but we talk about this all the time. What gets measured gets managed. And I often find that when you sit down and do those, crunch those numbers, even though it might be difficult if you're catching up for an entire year or more, you actually go, oh, okay, I can handle this. We can, we can manage this. It's not so bad. Or maybe you, it is tough, but it's just important for you to know how much you owe. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like that's a perfect sort of um, transition as well because uh, I, I we notice very much that people procrastinate doing royalties, and then when they dig in and they actually start doing it, they're like, "Oh, this is going to take like two hours. This is not such a huge yes, that's right problem. It's the procrastination. It's that that's like making me making it worse and making it feel so much worse than it actually would be if I just sat down and did it." Um, and and then that is compounded by the stress about knowing that you owe people money and not knowing what those amounts are. I mean, that's the number one reason people use our software and our services. They they don't want to stress about that anymore. Mm. And even if you have a good system and you're doing it in spreadsheets, that means you're doing it two to four times a year. Mm. Uh, and if you only know the actual cash flow state of your business two or four days a year, like it's going to be really hard to, to like confidently grow your business, uh, in a a way that, you know, you feel good about the artists feel good about like the stress of not knowing what you owe people, uh, is, is just, yeah. Another thing that, that we find holds people back when they don't have a good process, when they don't have a system, when they're, they're, you know, just doing this sort of like whenever someone bangs on their door and asks them for money. Um, and, you know, everyone that we talk to wants to pay people what they owe them. It's it's that that struggle of just not knowing that makes it worse. And so that we find is a huge piece. It's like the stress about not knowing the cash flow and like not knowing if I can repress this record or sign this new band because I know I owe people money. And so how can I like repress that hot record that's that needs to get repressed but like i'm not going to see that money for six months i don't know if i can definitely bank on it like yeah like there's a lot of cash flow stuff to keep in your head when you're running a, a record label as i am very happy to tell you but uh but doing regular royalty accounting you know four times a year hopefully but the way our system works it's like you should you you just update it monthly you don't have to do your whole you don't have to do statements every month but just dumping in all the data every month shows you exactly what you owe people uh, as you go you don't have to pay them you know every single month you can we recommend quarterly but well, um, and it goes back to the, that, that picture yeah it goes back to the transparency we were talking about at the beginning you just can't be transparent with an outdated system I remember um, I was working with this artist and we didn't know each other very well. We didn't meet in real life. And so we, we did, he didn't trust me as much as like some of my friends who were on the label trusted me. And he wanted to kind of go into our digital distributor to like look at the accounting to make sure that it matches. But there was no way I could do that without him seeing everybody else's numbers, you know? And so it was just like a hairy situation. Um because and you know and the and the spreadsheet thing i mean for a long time i was using spreadsheets that i would then email and then i upgraded to google sheets that were at least they could look at live but even then they would have to remember to 
to you know find that link and and watch it so there's so much um we really miss out on the opportunity to be transparent yeah and you know uh uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to just sell my thing here necessarily. Go but ahead, go ahead. The, well, yeah, but like, fine. there's other solutions. Some of them work better <laughs> for different scenarios, for sure. But one thing that we do better than anyone, I'm very proud to say, is the transparency aspect because artists actually get a, an account. They get yes, any you know, login. They can access it uh, whenever and whenever you publish new statements, it also publishes the underlying data that goes into those statements. So any number that they're seeing on a statement, they can be like, what's that number? How did, how did we get to that number? And they can click it and see exactly how you get to that number, uh, every single transaction that goes into it. And then they can slice and dice that. They can do reporting. They can do analytics based on that. Um, and it just completely changes the dynamic between the artists and the label where it's like, yeah, here's here's everything. And you're you as the label are now the provider of that transparency if they were just an artist self-releasing would they have this system would they be you know putting all of this into such an easy digestible platform themselves probably not so yeah, now you point. have added value as mm -hmm. a record label uh just by doing something that you had to do anyway well and, and then it's right. like i'm sure we'll we'll talk about this later on but i mean there's this idea of the what gets measured gets managed when you break that down you say oh my gosh like 60% is coming from this one source. Let's spend more time. Let's create more content. Let's focus more on that source or that's doing fine. Let's focus on the, the, the ones that are lagging behind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, analytics are great. People don't really like to pay for them and they don't necessarily need to. I mean, there's cool, there's tools like chart metric was super, was super cool, but mm. Or, you know, just seeing Spotify for artists or, you know, uh, portals like that, that, yeah. that you can see or like a single distributors portal. But it's very hard to see the whole picture. And it's very hard to see like, OK, great, we got, you know, X thousand streams last month. But like how much money? Because mm. that's the thing that matters. Like you don't pay your manufacturing bills in streams. You pay them in dollars. So yeah, yeah. which were they worth is a very important part. And yes, royalty data is you know typically on a like two to six month lag from like when the transaction right. occurred right. to when you know you're sharing it with the artist but um but it's still relatively fresh and it's it's arguably much more important data so you're sacrificing a little bit of the the temporal relevancy for the like actual relevancy of, of looking at dollars and cents and like what's working and what's not and what you can double down on or you know move on from like you're saying uh, just to go back to what you were saying about the breakdown and in, inside of Infinite Catalog, we if it, we did a a couple years ago, I think now we we did a little walkthrough, uh, and if you can watch it for our listeners and our viewers. You can watch it on on YouTube. You can check it out at otherrecordlabels.com/slash/royalties, where we have like Hunter walks us through actually seeing what we're talking about today. So if you want to pause and check that out or watch it after, it, it is kind of cool to see it in action. It's colorful and it's it's pretty, which is nice. Um, the issue with uh, I also want to say too, just I want to step out and and this is coming from me. I, I won't make it come from you, but I I feel like there's probably a lot of people. I, I feel like um, attacked a little bit in this episode because I've made a lot of mistakes and I still need to crunch some numbers for other people. 
And and oftentimes when I hear a, um, a story where a label's been put on blast for not paying their artist or something, a part of me kind of empathizes with the label owner because uh, they could be a, a horrible person, but at the same time, it could be someone like me who just liked making music with friends and wanted to start a record label because they thought that was the thing they should do and then realized it comes with this responsibility. And so I often feel like, oh, that's probably just a procrastinator like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly, uh, we we make it a really big thing here that we are uh, we are not the royalty police. Uh, <laughs> we uh, uh, we are non-judgmental. We, we are you, Scott. Uh, yeah. If yeah. I told you that my royalties as the head of a royalty accounting software and service company uh, are on time every single time, uh, I would be lying because yeah. they're not. Yeah. Because I, you know, it, it's the same thing. But also, I always get obsessive about my own when I do my own royalties. I'm like, oh, we should build this feature. We should do this thing. Right. And it slows me down incredibly yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is like, it. It's understandable to fall behind on this thing in the same way that people, you know, fall behind on their taxes. It's not that they're like trying to scam anybody. It's that it got overcomplicated and they weren't sure how to do it. And then they started procrastinating and they're shame about the procrastination. Like this is very normal human behavior. It doesn't make anyone a bad person. It just means that you, you know, you need to like be real about the situation and, and take some concrete steps to change it. Um, and, and yeah, it, you know, we're very lucky that anybody who comes to us and, and checks out our software or, uh, wants to ask us about service, um, you know, they're for the most they're on the level. Even if they're four years behind, they're coming to us because they want to fix it. That's right. And and we want to help them. We're not gonna like, you know, well make it worse. If you're listening to this episode, you should pat yourself on the back because this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, like, okay, this this might be me. This way and I could probably use the help or yeah, or just like need a better system. Uh, like you're already taking that step and, and, you know, feel good about that. And, and, you know, maybe try to take the next step of, yep. of like putting something in place. The, um, the third reason why trying to manage things on your own is not a great idea. I mean, I, I imagine there's maybe 1% of the people out there who really get off on spreadsheets and on the first of the month, whether it's a holiday or a Christmas day or whatever, they're there crunching the numbers and God bless them. But for the most of us, like, even if you are committing to a quarterly thing or semi-annual, um, you're you're probably going to be late. You, maybe you're early sometimes. If you're trying to do it monthly, it's that's just really hard to sustain. Most of us just can't sustain that type of schedule. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this third point was just that it's more of a telltale sign that like something is wrong, which is which is that. You know, your statements are regularly late, uh, your artists are confused about them, or you suspect they might be inaccurate, or yep. you know that there are things that like, maybe I, I don't, I'm not sure what the exchange rate should have been for this number. I yeah. got paid it in pounds. I, I, I didn't, I don't know how to break up the streams according to the dollars that I need to include in my statements. So I'm using this number. Like things can compound and, uh, and yeah, statements being late is uh, just sort of a telltale sign uh, of a process that could use improvement. And 
but even more than that is just that dread of like, okay, the clock turned over to the calendar turned over to January 1st, which means a lot of the way a lot of labels do it is they have they in their contracts, they give themselves, you know, three months uh, to to get the statements for, say, the second half of 2023 out the door. Yeah. So that means they have between January and March. So whenever during January, the first week or a few weeks in, they remember like, man, I got to do royalties. No. Yeah. <laughs> there's that part. And then, and then there's, you know, weeks or of, of procrastinating and then, and then like, you know, uh, furious getting things done right at the end, trying to remember how you did it last time. Like if you're only doing it twice a year, it's, it, it's like that over and over and over. Which I like, is why I think, yeah. I like you said at the beginning of this, you said that statements are regularly late which is like, seems like an oxymoron. Like you, it sounds like you're being very consistent with being late. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just a, a telltale sign of a, a process that needs improvement. Um, and how does it, if you yeah. are running uh, like kind of, um, I don't know what the right adjective, but if you're right, running a, a system that is not very professional looking, like how does the artist perceive that like what what do they what's their opinion of of signing to a record label that has like kind of an archaic spreadsheet system that they get paid or they get notified every once in a while um yeah i mean this is such a such a big uh piece of it is is thinking about how is the artist receiving this statement or how's the manager receiving this statement? What do they think about when they see the statement in relation to your label? Mm -hmm. um, and I got to tell you, Scott, in this, in this area, this is one, something that we've all as an industry uh, contributed to uh, in that 99% uh, of artists or managers uh, who receive a statement or business managers who receive a statement from a label do some version of, they look at it and then they go, okay, I guess, whatever. I don't know. Right. Even if it's like a big number, because the big, if it's a, if it's a nice big number, you're still wondering like, well, is that, is that everything? Could there be a lot more out there? Right. Uh, no one ever feels confident uh, when they're getting a, you know, sort of a, an old school a spreadsheet statement that you know is like someone just built this, uh, or even a PDF, which is a very common statement delivery tool as well, where people are like, okay, cool, here's some numbers on a page that I can't check or look into, or and I don't want to like ask about because then I'll seem like I don't trust you. But honestly, I don't. I just don't trust these numbers. Like, so there's all <laughs> yeah. these streams. Like, are you really you really counted all these streams? Like, yeah. And this is number like. Are you sure about that? How can I, you know? Yeah. And and we don't want to turn artists into auditors, but we do want to make them feel better about having access to all the data. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if they don't, I mean, I, I would argue that as an industry, artists and managers have lost faith in trusting statements, not necessarily because they distrust the label, but just because they're they're like, I don't <clears throat> think that the, the processes are keeping up with you know, the explosion of ways there in income or the amount of data from streaming or whatever it yeah. is. They, they kind of know that inside. Um, and it's the newer labels. It's the, or, or the labels that, that fix this and, and use a proper software and not just us, you know, there's other good ones out there, but 
these are the labels that are changing the game and making people more like, like I'm going to re-sign with this label because they did this, or I'm going to sign with label A because they showed me infinite catalog. And we hear this all the time, actually, <clears throat> that, that labels who use our software show it to artists but while they're trying to sign them to be wow. like, look, you're going to get you're going to get access <laughs> to this platform. Yeah. You're going to see all this data. You're going to get these analytics. You guys can, you know, slice and dice it yourself or, you know, we can come up with reports for you that, that we can save. But uh, it's, it's you know, if you're looking at deal A from, from one label and deal B from a different label, the deals are exactly the same. And, you know, even the labels are exactly the same, but one uses this software and the other one doesn't. Which one are you going to sign? Like the other one's sending you like a janky spreadsheet or a PDF that yeah, you can't. Yeah. With. What? Which one are you going to sign to? You're going to sign with the label that's giving you the access to your own data. Like we're yeah. we're a big proponent of like streams and and royalty data and expense data. That's the artist's data too. It's not just your data. Great point. Record it's it's their data too, and. You know, it's not in your contract that you have to share all that data necessarily, but you're going to do a lot better as a label if you do. And and your artists are going to trust you more. They're going to want to work with you more. I think artists and people in general are are getting more used to expecting analytics. They're just more used to analytics in their day-to-day -day life um, and seeing going to an app on their phone or a website and taking a look at numbers, even if they're just round numbers and they're they're just presented in a simplified, pretty way. I mean, I probably have five to six apps I open every morning and I scroll to refresh and I look at numbers, numbers, numbers. And I and I think artists are a lot of artists I've worked with are kind of becoming sophisticated and they spend a, they spend half their day in Spotify for artists and trying to figure out which songs they should do more of, like which types of songs they should do more of for better or for worse. And so I, it's so cool that you said that it's artists' data, not just the label's data. That's really important for labels to acknowledge. Yeah, and like I also want to make clear, like we, we know from our own website traffic usage or uh, the software uh, platform traffic that that like, artists aren't in there checking their their analytics that often and like doing reports and like using it to make inferences about what they should okay. do next i, I want to be very clear about that but it doesn't matter because they have the access all you want is the is the ability to do mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you don't i don't want i'm an artist i don't want to be doing analytics yeah you know more than i have to or like double checking your work or anything like that like we're not saying that that's what you're you're like unlocking. I mean, you are unlocking analytics for artists. Like that is when you use Infinite Catalog, that is definitely what you're doing. Whether they're going to use it or not, irrelevant because it's it's about knowing that they can, knowing that the data is there, knowing that if they, you know, the the you know the license in your deal expires and they're going to re-sign with someone ten years later, they will have the ability to uh, or sell their catalog. You know, they will be able to pull a, a report, pull a file and get a valuation, make, you know, do that deal to sell their catalog or part of their catalog in a, in the snap of a finger because it's all right there. It's not like, OK, I have to go and sew together 10 years of spreadsheet statements that have changed five times and don't include any data. So no one's going to trust this. So I'm not going to be able to sell it. Yes. I'm just selling it on what it's done in the last two years on 
streaming, you know, that's it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Um, okay. So let's now let's like look on the other side of the door. Um, and let's look at these same kind of issues that we talked about. And if we have a solution in place for your royalties, like you mentioned, there's a lot of different ones out there. And I know people in our, I know, um, people in our community who have, um, have different, uh, solutions that they used and that they're happy with. I know a lot of people use you guys as well, Infinite Catalog. Um, so let's look at, let's say you you have spent the time and you've put this solution together. Um, going back to our first point about the amount of time and and money spent, used to be spent on putting together these spreadsheets. I This is kind of like what the economists would call opportunity costs, right? It's this stuff that now we can free up that time and there are other things that we can do as label owners. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, like we said, uh, you know, very few people start record labels to do royalty accounting. That's not why <laughs> there might be one, it. there might be one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was me all along. Maybe. I was the secret <laughs> it was just like, yeah. just like this part of the process. Um, but yeah, the, you know, that, that time, uh, that you are spending, both procrastinating and stressing about royalties as well as literally doing it. Yeah. Um, should be spent. It can not should be, but can be spent in other areas. You know, the things you actually want to do, like, like, uh, helping great music get heard and helping your artists get heard or, or focusing on other parts of your business that you can't, uh, just sign up for some software, uh, and, and, you know, cut the time in half to do. There are other things where you cannot just, you know, uh, make a change and get an immediate impact. This is one area where you can. You don't need to build a whole royalty accounting software. I would welcome you to try. But, uh, <laughs> we spent many years doing it and uh, and have a, have a really good one. Uh, and uh, you can just use that one and and go back to being a record label and focus on other things. And um, yeah, but, the, the the opportunity costs that that you're that you're incurring by not doing that are are you know they're they're real. And they add up. I um I had to consider whether or not I wanted to do a repress of a record I just ran out of and I got a quote from our manufacturing plant to for the repress and then I thought to myself well why don't I go and look at the sales over the past year of that vinyl and and add it all up and see what the profit was maybe the profit's already paid for this repress if I do sell this repress it'll be slower over the next couple of years as it makes sense so Tell me, how would you, using uh, your using a system or maybe using Infinite Catalog, how would you um, inform yourself as a label owner whether it was you know smart to invest in vinyl or in doing a repress or something? How does it kind of inform what you're going to invest in or manufacture through the, with your label? Uh, yeah, I, I would just say that. It's if you do use uh, a, a a software because you can't. It's really really hard to do this in spreadsheets over mm -hmm. over time. But if you use the software, seeing how much did I you know how much did I put into this or how many records did we sell uh, over the the whole five years or two years or whatever uh, period that that should just be a couple clicks and it. it it is an infinite catalog. If it's if you're doing royalties and spreadsheets, it's like okay, let me dig up some old spreadsheets, add up some numbers, like like basically create a new spreadsheet 
rather than just like click, click, click. Okay, I'm looking right at it. Um, and yeah, that can that can definitely impact what you spend your money on, when you spend your money, how you how much you spend it. Uh, like release planning, in yeah. other words, like whether a repress is a really simple example, but even I think a, a, perhaps an even more in-depth example might be, um, you know, okay, we we did record one with this artist. Now we're doing record two. Yeah. What's the budget? What do we plan for? What do we spend? What are we spending? How much? When? On what? Uh, if you have, uh, you know, if you did a budget the first time around, good for you. Uh, whether or not you did one, you want to be able to look and see what actually literally happened. Right? Did we sell that many records? How many records did we sell? How many streams did we get? Yeah. How much digital? You know, like how many? How many? Uh, how much digital did we generate? Like, what can we comfortably project for a second record? Which is not something that record labels, in my personal experience, do a lot of. Is yeah. like like numbers based projections that are that are like you know based on on what's happening or what happened with a, a, an artist that you've already worked with um you're doing it by gut you're doing it by the the cash flow that you think you might have and that you think you can unlock for them but doing it based on numbers is a, is definitely a much better option what about the what about on the macro level cuz you know the repressing and doing second albums is a micro level but having up-to-date information ideally on a monthly basis how can that inform your macro decisions at your record label about maybe doing some big initiative like a hosting a festival or launching a, a product line or signing new artists yeah or hiring somebody or hiring someone yeah yeah um i mean that's that's huge that mm -hmm. that should be informed you know, just as much by your your sort of bookkeeping and and your overall business situation as your royalties. But if you aren't doing your royalties regularly, if you aren't updating things monthly or at least quarterly, uh, you're you have there's a big empty space in your in your P and L in your bookkeeping of like what you're going to owe royalties in you know at the end of the current period. Um, and if you don't know that number. How can you plan a festival? How can you hire somebody? You know, uh, if you're rolling in dough and it's like, of course we can't, you know, then that's one thing. Yeah. And like, good for you. But even then, I would argue you're even more, it's even more incumbent upon you to understand uh, how much is coming in and how you can maximize that uh, moving forward in the form of like a big thing, like an expense or, or like a, like a festival or, you know, an ongoing thing like hiring an employee or a small thing like buying a new laptop. That's a great point. I to wrap it up, I think ultimately as well, to going back to the artists, and we've touched on this so much about how when you have a really sophisticated, impressive system in place, and like you mentioned that labels are showing this ahead of time to their artists, there's a real missing piece for record labels about managing artists' expectations, showing them, you know, whether it's a dummy statement or or another artist on your label statement anonymously or with their permission or whatever, um, managing their expectations, being overly transparent with them. Um, I remember uh, the second interview we ever did with Kill Rock Stars with Portia, she told me something that they're proud of is like, they send a, a royalty statement every single month or quarter or whenever it is, even if it's zero dollars it's you know it comes in the mail 
you know, not a check for zero dollars, but but and I and I think even though that might be depressing for some artists, it's better than nothing. I would much prefer to get a statement that says zero, knowing that my my label is got their act together. Yeah, I mean, yeah this 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 point goes back to the like if you're doing this the right way, you can sign more artists and and songwriters and and grow your catalog more and. That is in part because artists and, and your collaborators, your coworkers even, will will trust and want to work with you more because you have your shit together, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and because you they they've been getting regular statements from you, even if they're showing that things are in the red, it's like, okay, but but if you know I'm the label and I want to do another record, then uh obviously I think something's here. And as the artist, you're like, okay, even though we're still in the red on the first record, like we see this as like a 10 year path and like, that's fine. We're excited to go into record two. This, this label has been keeping us posted the whole time uh, and been very transparent about uh, the situation, whether or not we're owed any money at all. So like, of course, like, let's go record two. Um, and, and yeah, it, it does uh, it, it's sort of the counterweight to the the flip side of this, which is that, uh, you know, doing it in spreadsheets can work for a while, but the more releases you do, the harder it gets, mm. basically. There's mm-hmm. just more yeah. pieces. And so it follows that a, a, a good process means you can sign and release more because uh, you're not adding to this uh, headache every three to six months. You are uh, instead, you know, just adding to your catalog. And, and if you're and the weird thing about royalty accounting is like doing royalties for 10 records versus 100 records, if you're doing it the right way, it doesn't really take that much longer. It really does. That's right. <laughs> That's, I've, you, that is a great life lesson. You hear that about everything, right? It takes the same amount of time to do something poorly than it does to do something well. Yeah. And, Brutal. And, and yeah, that, that just means, you know, people will trust me more and, and you can, and you can, put out more records and uh grow your catalog uh faster and and better and uh, it just it just makes everything better because it's such a foundational fundamental piece and you know 10 years ago there wasn't a lot there weren't sure. a lot of options for, for record labels like yours or mine uh but now there are and you know people should be taking advantage of them artists are taking advantage of them i mean well okay this is great while this advice is evergreen year round um we're recording this in the first week of january and and we're going to release it in the first week of january and so there is a bit of a kind of a new year's resolution um you know this is a good time i mean it's not everybody has restarts in in january one but it certainly is a good time to kind of get your act together as a record label and uh, for a lot of us i certainly do like uh, after the holidays, uh, stepping on the scale and and realizing you've gotten used to having dessert for all three meals every day over the holidays, and so like I, you have this feeling of like, all right, let's let's start new, let's start fresh. But the biggest issue with that is we all agree we should. I mean, we looked at the the pros and cons. We all agree that the second half of this conversation is the better way to do things. Um, but then it's like, but how do I? Where do I start? And so. Let's talk real quick, um, just as a wrap up, like what should a record label do if they're like, okay, I want to graduate from simple sheets. 
and I do maybe maybe they're a listener who has uh, is somebody we talked about at the very beginning who has procrastinated for so long and really don't know where to begin. Um, so what kind of advice do you have with someone who agrees with this conversation and say, okay, I need to get my stuff in order, but like, where, where do you start? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the bait here, Scott, and do something which I don't often do, which is just say, just go sign up for infinite catalog. <laughs> That's the easiest thing you can do. It's the best way to get started. And we are running our annual Q1 special where there is a big discount in January, uh, February, and March, because we do recognize we get a lot of uh, influx this time of year. Like a gym. It's very like taxes kind of way yeah. uh, of people being like, okay, this is the year that I get my royalty <laughs> accounting situation sorted out. I know it's bad. I don't need to listen to the whole podcast to, yeah, to yeah. know that it's bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, what should I do? You should go sign up for infinite catalog because we're great. And I'm very proud of what we've built. <laughs> uh, moving, stepping back from that, widening out from that, because there are other solutions. There are other things. We're not the only fish in the sea. Um, we have, uh, worked on, and, and we're probably going to publish this guide of like how to, how to choose and upgrade your royalty accounting system, whether it's to us or somebody else. And this, this works great. If, even if you're like dead set on Infinite Catalog, this is honestly a great way to get started. You're going to be done with onboarding in a snap. Uh, but we built it in such a way so that if you you know wanted to try out other things, these are very basic like uh, uh, lists to put together, like things to pull together uh, from your catalog that you should do while you're doing that sort of research mm-hmm. phase, trying stuff out phase. Um, and we're going to publish this guide and I'm sure we'll link to it somewhere. But, um, the first thing to do is just list all your catalogs, data sources, mm. who are your distributors, who are you, what web store, you know, is it ban- just Bandcamp or do you have like a Shopify as well? Like those, all of that needs to get tracked, um, and rights organizations like sound exchange. Uh, you know, there's, there's almost every label has like three to five and, and many bigger labels have like 20, 30. Um, but it's usually, you know, a couple, you probably know what they are off the top of your head, but you'll probably remember something yeah. while putting this list. Like, oh yeah, I do have a song trust where I do like, <laughs> yeah. for, like that one person when I tried to do publishing or wanted to try to, <laughs> um, we get that a lot during onboarding. People yeah. are like, oh yeah. I do have another source. So the first step would just be can I sorry, can I just interject like how weird did these get? Are these all official statements you can download? But what about like people who donate to your record label or making cash at live shows? Um well boy, I don't know how to quantify donating to your record label. Uh, I suppose if it, that would just be a well, that wouldn't I, be royalty bearing. But I guess you could split it up amongst the catalog. Yeah. Um okay. that would be sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a source. Any anytime uh your anywhere your catalog regularly receives income from. Okay. Okay. That's a source. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, uh, cash it shows. I mean, we we do differentiate between what we call data sources where it is like, oh, my distributor, I log in, I download a right. CSV file that's got my, you know, the last month or the last, you know, however long. Yeah. Uh, or Bandcamp is like that. Uh, those are those are great. Those are data sources because right. you can just infinite catalog anyway. You can just drag and drop those files right in, and it all uploads, and you don't have to touch the file or open it or do anything. Um, but then, of course, there are also other 
stuff that's not in a data source, like, you know, expenses for the most part are not in a data source, mm -hmm. uh, like a distributor, um, and things like advances and, you know, cash at shows, like, like merch sales at shows and stuff. Uh, we have a, an additional template, uh, ironically enough, called the additionals doc, uh, which is for all the transactions that happen in addition to uh, the bulk of the stuff that comes from your distributor and your web store. And like, mm. like those should always be, those are always going to be like the, the bulk of it, but then there's always additional stuff. And uh, with Infinite Catalog, there's you can either just enter in a transaction manually one at a time, which is totally fine. Uh, or we have uh, what we call the additionals doc, which is a, just a spreadsheet where you put it all, uh, you know, as you go through the quarter or through the, you know, semi-annual period. And, and then you can upload it in one shot at the end. Um, but yeah, just write down your sources. Okay, that's step that's one. simple. You know, the actual sources that you get regularly every month, because those are always your digital sources yeah. um, and your main physical distribution sources. Okay. And what? Yeah. And then what? And then, uh, so, uh, and then we, we really, uh, it, it can be so much better uh, figuring all this out and, and getting set up and trying out new systems if you have your contracts, pays, and splits in one doc. Oh, so, okay. So, uh, your, you know, your record deals, that's, that's what most people think of as the contract, you know, the, the text, the PDF, the, the written thing that you sign with ink. Um, but in royalty accounting, uh, a contract can be as simple as a, a payee and a profit share split, you know, yeah. my band 50%, this record. Uh, and yeah, that, that payee and that split gets attached to a record. So, uh, just writing out all of your like all of your record deals in a way that's like a structured, uh, just like a spreadsheet where it's like this payee, this is the split, this is the record, this next payee, this split, this record, and, and so and there could be the same payee for multiple records, right? Definitely. Yeah. And then what about how often does a a record label use the, your platform to pay? a band to pay each band member individual as opposed to giving it to the band manager or like the person in charge of the whole band? Uh, in increasingly. Uh, and that is something as well that Infinite Catalog or, or any good system will unlock for you, which is like, if you are paying the band with four members and you're saying, here's a check, here's, here's the statement, Maybe it's a great statement. Maybe it's Infinite Catalog, but here's 500 bucks that it says we owe you. So here it is. What you're actually doing is giving uh, the band an, an accounting problem, which is now you split up that four five hundred. Yeah. And maybe that that often actually that's how it should be because they are going to want to incorporate that into their you know overhead sure. and like yeah. break up money, whatever. But if they're like, no, can you split this up for us four ways? Just split it four ways. Yeah. Simple. Uh, if you're doing it in spreadsheets, you're going to say no. That's four <laughs> times as many spreadsheets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. but if you are using a good software, you can just do, you know, uh, 50 divided by four and that's the new split. And then everyone gets a, a statement generated automatically, identically to each other. If, you know, they're all in the same contracts Yeah, um, yeah. and that can be very, very, uh, helpful to the band and be another like value add that you mm -hmm. as the record label are providing for that band like sure we could we maybe we were thinking about self-releasing for the next record 
But you know what? Our label, like they actually split it up. They split up the money for us and that's super valuable. Uh, so maybe for that reason alone, we're going to like consider re-signing with the band, uh, with yeah. the label instead. Yeah. Well, that's easy to put together. So, so we have the so sources of, of income and then all where that, where the royalty should go, like, and the splits and the amount, uh, is that it? Uh, no. Well, the third thing is your starting balances and, and like, where are you picking up from? Okay. Um, Right. So if if you if you're a new brand new record label and you've never put together a royalty statement, you can skip this step because it's you're starting zero. at zero. Sure. But, um, but otherwise you're gonna need your starting balances, which are the negative or unrecouped uh balances that you're that you're gonna pick up from, or even the positive yet to be paid balances that you haven't paid out yet. Maybe maybe it was just like a dollar and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna roll it over you know, the next one. Um, but yeah, just going through your existing statements, like the last round you did and just putting those in all of those balances into again, one place, one spreadsheet. Uh, we have a template that, that you can use. Um, that's just like, okay, we're picking up where we left off, uh, for these, uh, balances, these payees, uh, and these records. And then we work backwards from that to, to tie, okay, here's the starting balances. Here's all your income sources and all the expenses from the additionals and stuff. Here's all the splits. We're very, very close to new statements. It's it's yeah. it's honestly shocking, like how much of the work is in the setup. But honestly, the setup's not even really that much work. It's just, it's just you know, it's a it's a, it's annoying. It's 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 a it's a, it's a it's a struggle to like get yourself to do these things and be yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna take these numbers from this spreadsheet and put it into a fresh spreadsheet that is that really going to help me yes it is going to help you so so much you're going to feel so much better after you do it yeah and and you know again the easiest thing you can do is just start sign up for infinite catalog we're we're great yeah uh, the, the second easiest thing you can do is is you know when we post these templates or or even just from what we've described here just set up these three docs you know your your income sources your uh, your splits and payees, and and then your starting balances, and you'll be able to try out different systems very in depth without a lot of effort because you've got all you're working from this uh, baseline of like I have all this information organized and now I can try it here, I can try it there, I can try it there. Uh, and, when you're and, getting your starting balances and like going back to sources, we weren't really getting any numbers from those sources. We were just listing where that money comes in, correct? Exactly. So then um, for starting balances, are we, I would start to get a little stressed out. Are we doing anything historical or we're just saying no from the last point and we're starting from today and infinite catalog or where, whoever we sign up for maybe won't have the data from the past couple of years. Is that true? Yeah, that, that is, that is true. There's, there's two ways to go and, and there's no right or wrong answer here. Um, but we often get folks who, so if you if you have done all of your, you know, the statements that you should be doing, you've been doing them all, they're all up to the same date, uh, then that's very easy to just start fresh from those balances. You don't need yeah. to bring in all the old data. Okay. If you've only been like doing the one or two people that you know you owe money and you've gotten really behind on the other people who you're pretty sure you don't owe money, but you also have <laughs> no idea what their balance is yeah. and they really don't know. Yeah. And you're like, well, why am I going to do all this work to show you how much money we lost? It's like, because that's your job as yeah, a record yeah, label. Yeah. You have to do that. And 
and if you do need to go back to, to pick up those pieces, it can be a little tricky to either carve out the people you did pay or, uh, as we often find, the easier thing to do is just go back to the last point that you actually were had everything evenly up to date because everything's all, you know, smashed together in yeah. the data file. Like all of your streams are next to each other. So to just pick up from it's hard to start from different starting points. You can do it and we can help sure. you do it. But, sure. um, but we very often suggest starting fresh from from your last starting balances um, or going back to the last point at which all of your balances were updated together. You can definitely ingest historical data into Infinite Catalog. Uh, we are happy to help folks do that. Um, and we offer discounts on historical data, basically. But um, but yeah, you don't need to do that. It's it's always a it's always a, a, a judgment call. Like if your label is 18 months old and you've done one round of statements or two rounds of statements, yeah, maybe start, maybe just go back and start over because yeah. it will only it won't take any longer than doing just the last six oh, months. Oh, good point. That's a smart idea. And then you'll have all the data in one place for yeah. once. And yeah, yeah. Then moving forward, if your label is 18 years old, eh, maybe leave that yeah. where it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and start fresh from you know your your last round of statements. And um, oh, that's a great and, that's a great idea because I think there'll be people listening to this who are could be six months, eighteen months, one month, and yeah, maybe just kind of. Hopefully, you'll you'll still come to the same number if your math was right. So. It doesn't hurt to kind of go back six months or three months when you officially started, drop all that. In that case, you don't even really need a starting balance, right? Yeah, no, you're starting mm -hmm. at zero, which yeah. is so easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Okay, this has been a lot, and I don't want to give our people too much or they'll start to to get confused, but this has been really helpful. Um, we're we're going to link below uh, for more information about Infinite Catalog. I know that so many people in our community are familiar with with you guys, we've we've been talking about you, and we've been friends for a long time. Um, but we'll link below, and some of the resources that you've mentioned, we'll try to link those as well. Um, other, otherwise, you know, infinitecatalog.com, and then um, we have our previous interviews and our walkthroughs at otherrecordlabels.com/slash/royalties. Um, but also, our, our Facebook community is pretty active with Infinite Catalog members too. So it's probably a good idea to, to post in there and to ask for some advice. And I think the big message here is, especially if you're listening to this in the new year, is not to be afraid, just to just to reset and to know that you're there's a lot of people in the same boat as you. And uh, just to kind of eat that frog and get it done. And, and then another quote I live by is easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. Oh my God, Scott, that's my new favorite quote. Isn't it I've great? For the last three months. It's I love so it. I, it's so true. Oh, wow. And it applies here so much, right? Is that it's, it? Oh, it absolutely does. And, and that's, that's, Sort of what we notice is that like people kicking the can down the road, that's the easy choice and it makes for a harder life. And and guess what? It feels like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm too stressed. I can't make a choice. That is a choice. That is the easy <laughs> choice. It's the easy way out. Yep. Yeah. Like making the hard choice, eating the frog in your yep. uh, term. Which uh, I, Mark I, Twain, I think. Really that's Mark Twain. I think that's Mark Twain. Oh, like if you I eat a frog know. at the start of the day, then you know that 
you've done the hardest thing right. that you'll ever have to do that day. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that makes, <laughs> Sorry. That, that Let's go with the other quote. Let's go with the other quote. Let's scratch that. No, but I also just want to really <laughs> underline, I mean, for, for your audience that has made it this far and, and, you know, we don't want to be overwhelming you too much with, with, uh, info or, or, or steps or anything. I just want to really, really underline that it will not be as hard or painful or take as long as you think it will. Yeah. Amen. That's it. It's, it's, it's like any clerical task or administrative task or thing that you've been putting off. It's actually not that bad. Just rip the bandaid, <laughs> make a move, eat the frog, something. eat the frog, eat the frog, just eat the frog <laughs> and, and try something. And you know, you can, you can, if you do all this, if you do these steps and you read our guide and, and like fill out these templates and then try out a bunch of softwares and you're like, you know what? Actually, my system's not that bad. I'm going to stick with it. Sure. Great. You can cross this off as a thing you don't have to think about anymore. Yeah. You, you can, you know, the next time I show up on, on this podcast, you can skip it uh, <laughs> and be like, no, no, I try, I did all that. Yeah. And now it's not something I have to worry about anymore. I've tried infinite catalog. It's, it's, it's fine, but it's not, I don't need it. So I don't, I don't use it. Then, you know, but if you haven't tried it yet, if you haven't done this, if you haven't really like taken the time to make sure that your process is as good as it can be, then you'll always be wondering, you'll always be thinking about it. And, uh, and, and yeah, this is, this is just a way for you to, to worry less and stress less. And most of the time you're going to have a much, much better system on the other side of it. So it won't take as long as you think it won't be as painful as you think. Just, you know, great advice as always. He was just joking, folks, please do not skip an episode ever. Um, oh yeah. But, no, of course. Come on. Especially not one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It is so helpful for people. I know that this is one of the, this is in the top two, top three questions that people have when thinking about starting a record label. Uh, a lot of people get intimidated by this question before they've even started a label, let alone when they have started to receive income and they're coming falling behind. So great advice. I won't talk too much more because what you just said is, um, uh, is is what i want to leave people with so thanks for doing this yeah my pleasure scott thanks thanks for having me and uh you know thanks for all that you're doing the other record labs community we're, we're such big fans and uh and yeah looking forward to the next podcast episode which i do listen to thanks so much for listening and thanks to hunter for sharing um all of that really really good helpful i mean this is deep right we go really really deep here and so i hope you found it helpful and i hope you're inspired to kind of if, if you heard yourself in this interview and you thought, yeah, I need to get things cleaned up and organized, go to infinitecatalog.com. And if you want a special discount, you can go to infinitecatalog.com slash other record labels. We also keep um, some of the notes from our episodes in the walkthrough of Infinite Catalog and some a glossary and terminology of, of, of record label royalty management we keep all of that at otherrecordlabels.com slash royalties so if you need more resources for getting your royalties into shape go to otherrecordlabels.com slash royalties thanks for listening